Welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman, a podcast loaded with practical tips, powerful scripts, personal stories, and simple steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. So get ready to get the information you need to make the impact you want from someone you trust, your friend, parenting expert, Dr. Robin Silverman. Hello and welcome to How to Talk to Kids About Anything, where we give you the tips, scripts, stories, and steps to make even the toughest conversations easier. I'm so thrilled to be your host, Dr. Robin Silverman, child and teen development specialist, author, and speaker, and most importantly, parent of two great kids who give me the opportunity to love, learn, and grow every single day, whether I want to or not. Believe me, I get it. It's not always easy, but we are in this together, and thankfully, we have a lot of wonderful people who we can call on to get the help and insight we need along the way. Now, there's no question that things have changed dramatically in the world of kids since we were young. After all, the phones we had were connected to the wall and had those long coily cords that we stretched as far as they could go so that we can get some privacy in a bathroom or a hall closet. The only webs we spoke of were spider webs. A tablet was something you took when you were sick, and movies could only be seen in theaters or on HBO as long as you were willing to get up out of your actual seat and physically go change the channel. I know, the horror. Today's push-button culture is certainly not all bad. It's just different. And like it or not, this is the world of our kids. As I've said before, there are not two kinds of life, real life versus cyber life. It's all just life as our kids know it. As we all want our kids and our students to thrive at home and in school, what do we need to know about this digital age and how can we help our kids to become leaders and learners given the new technology? This is the topic we are going to be focusing on today with our guest, Eric Scheninger. Now, Eric is a senior fellow and thought leader on digital leadership with the International Center for Leadership in Education. Prior to that, he was an award-winning principal at New Milford High School in New Jersey, where I'm from. Under his leadership, his school became a globally recognized model for innovative practices. His work focuses on leading and learning in the digital age as a model for moving schools and districts forward. This has led to the formation of the Pillars of Digital Leadership, a framework for all educators to initiate sustainable change to transform school cultures. As a result, Eric has emerged as an innovative leader, a best-selling author, and sought-out speaker. His latest books, Learning Transformed, Eight Keys to Designing Tomorrow's Schools that just came out this June, and Brand Ed, Tell Your Story, Build Relationships, and Empower Learning. Uncommon Learning, Creating Schools that Work for Kids and Digital Leadership, Changing paradigms for changing times. These all beg the adults in the lives of children to allow children to use today's technology to show their creativity, their innovation, and their strengths and leave behind tired or antiquated educational techniques that are not conducive to today's youth. You can find out more about Eric at ericsheninger.com with an eye on how the adults in the lives of kids can help young people to become leaders and learners in a digital age. I want to thank you, Eric, for joining us on how to talk to kids about anything. 
Oh, my pleasure to be here. So before we get into the meat of the matter, for those who haven't had the opportunity to meet you, to read your books, or hear you speak, could you just take a moment to tell us what gets you up in the morning and what got you so interested in exploring the issue of leading and learning in a digital age? Well, I think what gets me up every morning right now is my own two children. And, you know, I see our future through their eyes. Mm -hmm. And part of my uh, professional focus is creating schools that work better for them than ones that have traditionally worked well for the adults. In terms of what really got me going in the digital space, I was the principal that hated technology. I wrote the policies to block social media in my former district. Mm. I ran around taking devices from kids. You know, I didn't see the value. And because I didn't see the value, I made sure that it wasn't an integrated component of our school culture. Everything changed in 2009 uh, when a student told me school was like a jail when mm. I took his device from him. And that weekend, I stumbled upon Twitter. Or uh-huh. I, <laughs> I would never use social media because I don't have time. It's not going to help me be a better educator. Um, but as I got on Twitter, uh, the blindfold came off. I learned through experiences across the world from educators, mm-hmm. parents, mm-hmm. coaches, kids of what was possible. And that was sort of the shot in the arm that I needed because we created a culture that focused on the impossible. Mm -hmm. And it really blocked our progress to create a vibrant school culture that was going to better prepare kids for their future. I love what you're saying there. And it's important to get our eyes opened. While we're on that topic, we all want our children and our teens to become learners and leaders. So just so that we're all on the same page, can you just tell us what it means to you to become a learner and a leader in this digital age? Yeah, I mean, I think first and foremost, we have to be open to not just focusing on new skills or digital skills skills per se, but digital competencies. And when we look at digital competencies, why are they so important? Because as we think about collaboration, communication, digital identity, citizenship, uh, creativity, we can go on and on and on. The key is, do our kids have not just the skills, not just the knowledge, but the behaviors, the attitudes, the attributes to be prepared to succeed in a world that, quite honestly, we have no idea what it's going to look like. Mm-hmm. And I think as leaders and as parents, we have to be open to how does technology support and or enhance what we already do. Mm-hmm. There should be no longer be a conversation about, well, should we use technology for this? Or does it have its place? It's 2017. And if we haven't crawled out under our rocks, Mm -hmm. we have to understand that the world is vastly different than what we grew up in, as you eloquently described in your opening monologue, (laughs) which I loved, by the way. (laughs) Thank you. But we have to be, we have to understand that technology now is a, you should be a ubiquitous component of what we do. It's not about using it all the time. It's about using it with purpose. Mm. How does it improve what we do? How does it allow us to do what we do better? And I think as leaders, as educators, as parents, as students, 
technology can help us become more effective and efficient at our work, thinking about how we communicate, how we collaborate, how we tell our story, how we learn. You know, and, and I look at it this way. You know, none of us have enough time in a day. I get that. So we need to work smarter, not harder, and get better results. When we think about knowledge, everything is out there. It's at, the, it's at our fingertips. And regardless of your role, listening here today, technology can help you learn, can help you acquire the skills, but then it's incumbent upon all of us, whether we're in schools or outside of skills, I mean, in schools or outside of schools, to ensure those skills actually develop into competencies so we can actually uh, show efficacy in our work. So are there, tell us just in succinctly, what do you feel are the best benefits of using these digital tools versus what are the pitfalls that as parents or educators or coaches that we need to, to avoid in order to support these kids and not sort of go down the rabbit hole that so many people talk about. And I'll just, before you answer, just expand on that so that you know what I'm talking about. We know we use digital programs and apps. Um, At my home, we certainly do spelling, geography, biology, math, reading. My kids love nature. They go, you know, we're online for all that stuff. My children happen to be in a public school system where we use technology to learn and they have classes that definitely use it. And we do have a makerspace at our school. However, we know some educators and parents worry about kids getting too reliant on technology. We want our kids to focus. We don't want them to, you know, be taken taken aback by, oh, what what about this site and this very scary site and, and what about pornography? So how do we bridge the gap between what's available to the kids and this concern that that people have? So what are the benefits and then what are the pitfalls we need to avoid? Yeah, well, I, I kind of want to go address the pitfalls first. Mm-hmm, sure. Because, because that really sort of clouds our vision mm-hmm. as to what's possible. And, and, and let's, let's be honest. Let, let's talk about parents and let, let's talk about coaches and let's talk about our own behavior. And I'm going to be brutally honest. You know, a lot of the issues that we have with kids in terms of technology, adults are just as bad, if not worse, when it comes to off-task behavior with technology. Truth, truth. We we honestly are hypocrites. Mm -hmm. And what I see outside of schools is the use of technology as a digital pacifier. Mm -hmm. I see kids in restaurants in, yes. In church. Yes. In places true. where there should not be technology. So right. let's okay. talk about the pitfalls. We can't say, well, we don't want our kids using technology in school to support their learning because we're worried about all, you know, A, B, C, and D. Mm-hmm. But outside of school, oh, it's okay. I don't want to be bothered. Let me let, let my child go sit upstairs for hours and be on Xbox. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, let my child be glued to a device starting in preschool years because they're engaged. Mm-hmm. So I think we have to look at the pitfalls in terms of, all right, are we modeling the same expectations that we have for our kids? Right. And I think as parents and coaches, you know, and educators, we need to be honest with ourselves first. Mm-hmm. And I think when we talk about pitfalls, let's take it a step further. And let's talk about what's not necessarily being addressed at home. Digital identity, digital safety, Mm. protecting their identity, 
um, too much screen time. Yes, yes. So as you think about that and the uh, lack of emphasis on what makes us human, mm-hmm. you know, the ability to have face-to-face communications, right. the, the ability for us to have, to be creative, imaginative, Without technology. You're hitting on so many important things that that these are the worries that we hear about. And we've actually interviewed people on screen time use. We've interviewed Rosalind Wiseman talking about, you know, bullying. And we've talked about, and she said the same thing. We are fully hypocrites. So uh, we're hearing this. We are. So in our work, you know, as we think about it, let's look at, okay, the the negatives are there. But let's look at the positives. Who is teaching kids? about protecting their identity. Mm. Who is teaching kids about what's appropriate and what's not to post? Who is teaching kids how to vet websites that they go to, vet Mm. information? Mm. Who is teaching kids about fake news, alternative facts? Right. Where's it happening? And let's be honest, is it happening at home? Right. Do you as a parent want that burden on you? So as we think about our role as educators, whether we're teachers, administrators, coaches, education provides that needed bridge to teach kids mm. about appropriate use, to teach kids balance. You know, I'll be the first one to say, you know, with my own two children or in my former school where we were bring your own device starting back in 2010, you know, it wasn't about using technology all the time. Mm-hmm. It was about teaching kids appropriate use, teaching kids about when and where, teaching them about screen time, but most importantly, empowering our kids to own their learning and demonstrate what they know, what they can do in a variety of ways. When we think about technology, Kids know how to use technology for the most part. Kids do not know how to use technology to support high-level learning. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And if we change that paradigm, we are, A, going to get kids more excited about not only what they're doing in school, but with their extracurricular activities. And number two, we're going to prepare prepare kids to be successful in a world that is only going to become more and more dominated with technology. So, it, it sounds like we need then some rules around technology at home and in school that kids know and follow so that they're freed from our concerns. They already know what they are. Obviously, people need to be monitored and, and we make sure that the kids are doing the right thing. But when they are in school or they are at home and they're using devices for learning and opening up their world and using their gifts, then they're able to become more innovative, more creative, which then fuels the education process in school and at home. Yeah, and I wouldn't say rules because rules can kind of have a negative connotation attached to them. I'd say more guidelines. Guidelines, okay. And I think it really is about having conversations. Yes. And in, in regardless of our role, you know, students, technology is very personal to them. Yeah. We can use technology to personalize the learning experience for our kids. When you combine those two elements, personalization, taking advantage of the personal aspect 
I'll tell you right now, the opportunities are limitless for our kids. And when we look at our roles, say, from a coaching aspect, it really is about how we can engage our learners in two-way communication, get them to really show us that they demonstrate the skills and the competencies aligned to what they're going to be asked to do. So yeah, I think it's about having a greater conversation. And, and what's not happening is we're not having conversations about the why we should integrate technology, good reasons as to why, connected to research, and then how we're gonna do it. And we think about it, you know, so many districts just go and get technology mm -hmm. with no support for teachers, right, absolutely. no support for administrators, mm -hmm. no training for the kids, mm -hmm. and let's take it a step further. How often do we actually sit down on a consistent basis and work with parents to explain to them how teaching and learning and leadership are changing and how technology is now a vital component to prepare kids for the new world of work. I want you to imagine that you are sitting in front of a parent right now and they are concerned they are feeling like, wait, I, I, know the dig I know there's this digital world, but I am really much more familiar with traditional education. I want my kids to, to become thinkers. I don't want them to become lazy learners that, re that have a world that revolves around a push-button culture. What can we say to this person or a teacher? Hey, it could be a teacher or, or we can talk about a parent who has that view. What could you say to them that helps them to see that the benefits um, outweigh the concerns when you have parameters or guidelines around digital use? Well, I think the first thing I would say is I'd ask a question. And I would ask them to ask the child, the student, this question. You know, how do you feel about your school? Mm -hmm. How do you feel about the learning experience in your school. Mm -hmm. Do you feel that you will be adequ adequately prepared to be successful in careers that haven't even been created yet? Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. if we're honest, if we're looking at mm -hmm. it from a parent and educator view, mm -hmm. are we preparing kids to apply what they've learned just in the context of school? Or is school preparing kids to apply what they've learned outside the brick and mortar walls to a variety of predictable and unpredictable situations. So a lot of it is getting to the heart of what does learning look like for our kids now? Mm -hmm. Has that actually changed since we were all in school? Mm -hmm. Clearly. And, and if we think about it, asking our kids what they think they will open our eyes to the prevalent issue. I just want to put a high beam on what you're saying, that we want to start with the question that when we're opening up this conversation, the conversation starter is, what do you think about your school? And what do you think about your learning? And what might help you feel more engaged and involved, that asking that question, you don't even need to know the answers as a parent or a teacher, but just asking that question can help to open our eyes and see the benefits as they relate to kids. And I think 
that you just basically took what I said and put it, stated it much more eloquently. <laughs> and, and, and I think, I think one of the challenges that we have as adults, if we're being honest, we want and expect our kids taught the same way we were. Yes. Right. But here's the problem. It's, we grew up in a world where we know what it was like when there was no internet. That's right. We played on Atari. We used the Commodore 64. Yeah, we had Space Invaders. That's what we had. And when we think about it, yes, it might have worked for us. But if we are just preparing our kids to be compliant, to follow rules, to do school, I can tell you this with utmost certainty, our kids will not be prepared because the jobs that schools preparing our kids for no longer exist. So let's talk about how we can prepare our kids. So what are your top tips that you would like to provide right here to help mentors, educators, parents support kids who are living and learning in a digital age? How can we help specifically? Yeah, and, and you know, in, in our in my work with the International Center for Leadership and Education, we're really about going in and helping districts realize through evidence where their culture is at, mm-hmm. but more importantly, where it could be to better meet the needs of kids. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying test scores are not important, but here's the problem: as parents, as community members, that's all we look at as a determining factor as to whether or not a school is successful. Mm-hmm. When we look at what we want our kids to be able to do, we don't want our kids to be tell us what they know. I mean, come on, they can Google answers to questions that we're still asking in schools. Mm-hmm. We need to create a culture where kids show us they understand. Yes. And by showing us that they understand, are they doing that in ways that focus on the highest levels of knowledge taxonomy, highest levels of critical thinking, uh, you know, creation, evaluation, things like that? But are they applying what they know across multiple disciplines? Are they applying what they know mm-hmm. to solve real-world predictable problems? Are they using their extensive knowledge, skills, mindsets, to solve real-world, unpredictable problems. So or, what can they do? What is it that they can do in order to support that? What, what are some of your innovative ideas you've seen or heard about that we can apply either at home or in our schools? Yeah, the innovative ideas is, is getting kids to think. Mm-hmm. If, we're, if, if, if we are narrowing it down to a problem, kids have become very good at doing school. When we challenge them to think where there's multiple pathways to mastery, Mm -hmm. where there could be multiple solutions to a problem, Mm -hmm. kids get flustered because they've been trained to chase a letter, chase a number for a grade. So what I think that we need to do and what I feel we need to do is are we focused more on the messiness of learning as opposed to what do I need to do to get an A? What do I need to do to maintain being on honor roll? What does that really mean? I think mm-hmm. as parents, 
we need to really think about and reflect what does a grade really mean? Mm -hmm. What can our kids do that will give them an edge? Let's also look at the, the changing uh, world of work. And are we preparing our kids to fill roles dealing with artificial intelligence? Mm -hmm. Are we teaching our kids not just to code, but to write code, manipulate code? Mm. Are we teaching our kids starting in the earliest years to speak multiple languages? We are like the only country in the world. It's embarrassing, I know. So as we think about it, we have to look as parents the world around us and just really think is school preparing our kids and I'm not saying schools aren't I'm saying sure. we can do a much better job how do we begin let's look at our assessments let's look at what schools are asking kids to do in terms of homework in terms of tests in terms of <coughs> research papers and projects is it focusing on them showing us what they understand or is it just going through the motions? So for the kid who is in a school that may not support so much technology use, as a parent who, with this child who comes home and maybe is not as engaged, what can I do with that child when they are interested in nature or science or history or geography that would open their mind and we as parents can then support them in growing their minds, becoming more innovative and seeing what else is out there. Yeah, it's interesting. From my professional lens, that's what I do with superintendents, with boards of education, with building administrators and teachers. That's That's what I do. Mm -hmm. But when you think about how a parent can work with their child, the best thing is, number one, encourage that child to begin a dialogue with his or her teachers Mm -hmm. and administrators about how they learn best, Yes. about how they would like to see or be afforded the opportunity when appropriate to use technology to support their learning. And these are conversations that I have with my own kids. Don't go to your schools and say you want to use technology. You need to have a rational argument for how it's going to support your learning and how it's gonna help you be, help enable you to be a better learner. And you know, there's nothing more powerful than student voice. And as schools, we have to be more open to the voices of our kids if we truly want them to own their learning. And, and when we think about ownership of learning, that's when they're able to select the right tool for the right task to show teachers and administrators that they have mastered the standards. And when we give them that opportunity where they're in a the driver's seat, but that really relies on that cultural shift. And as parents, we have to become a little more epi, a little more educated on how technology can be integrated effectively. Focus on conversations as to why with administrators and teachers in order to begin that change process. So it's a lot of conversations. Here's what we have to simply do in all of our roles. We need to learn how to unlearn and relearn what we were taught. Mm-hmm. Right. Because 
the world is different. And I would imagine it would be really interesting to co-learn with your child and sit with your child and say, show me. So here's a report that I was able to do uh, based on traditional education of uh, such and such war or on dolphins. And here is the report that I could have done if I was able to use the digital tools that I have and allow your child and allow yourself to explore all the amazing things that are out there. Because I would imagine that there are kids that do have this technology, who are using this technology, who can show you a report that is much more dynamic and a, a, a system that's much more rich and much more learning intensive than what we have provided in the past if we just allow them to do so. Yeah, and it's interesting, uh, you know, when we think about what our kids are doing outside of school, and we, we think about, you know, there was some data that I routinely show from the Gall uh, Gallup, and Gallup showed that basically the longer kids are in school, the less engaged they are, mm -hmm. and not less. You're talking about from fifth grade through 12th grade, a dramatic drop to where virtually only 34% of kids in school are saying that they are actually engaged. Mm. And when we think about what our kids are doing outside of school, and you bring up a great, great point, are we actually knowledgeable of why our kids love technology so much? Mm -hmm. Right. And having those conversations, you know, research has shown that gaming alone, gaming alone has positive impacts on cognitive growth, emotional development, motivation, and social skills. Watch any kid in Minecraft and see what they do. They're solving problems that they come up with. They're collaborating with friends, both that are here maybe locally, but beyond they are developing communication skills. So when we think about, I mean, and again, these innovative solutions that they're coming up with, gaming gives us the best glimpse of what's possible and where our schools could better serve our kids. So what I hear you saying is that as parents and educators, our key learning is number one, to listen, to really be open to hearing what our kids are saying, what their thoughts are, what their perspective is about digital tools and how they can be useful, that we need to learn and co-learn with our kids so that we're knowledgeable and that we can bring something to the table while they are also learning and understanding all that's out there, and that we need to ultimately keep an open mind and not downplay or maybe even demonize what we don't understand or know yet or what we hear is wrong with digital technology when there's so many benefits out there. And that's you, that last point I'm going to comment on. You know, nobody likes change. And right now, we are in a time period of exponential change. And because we do not understand, we hunker down in a fixed mindset, and we go back to our level of comfort, which is how we were raised, how we were taught, and what we do now that is comfortable for us. Right. What works, what worked for us might not work very well. Actually, it does not work very well for our kids. 
That may be your top tip, but I'm just going to ask you before we stop, can you just tell us, if nothing else, what's the top thing you would hope our listeners come away with today? I know there is a great amount of fear out there aligned to the change that we're seeing. We're worried. We want our kids in a world where half the jobs they're saying in 20 years won't be here anymore. You know, we're worried about the future. But our kids are our future. And we can't let fear blind us to what's possible. You can look at fear as two ways. You can forget everything and run. Or you could face everything and rise. Mm. And by facing everything and rise as parents, as coaches, as educators, we need to not just listen to our kids. We need to demonstrate that not only are we listening, that we are willing to act to improve learning, social, emotional experiences for our kids. Because we could be the best listeners in the world. If we don't act, it won't matter. That's beautiful. Actions change things. We have to look act that way. That's beautiful. I love that. Give Give us the resource of the week. Where can people go to find out more about you, your books, your speaking engagements, what you are up to? Yeah, um, I'd say uh, go to my website, which is Eric Scheninger, S-H-E-N-I-N-G-E-R.com. Basically, you know, as I mentioned, my role with ICLE is helping districts begin to act on Mm -hmm. a lot of the things that we discussed uh, today on this podcast. You know, we need help. And there's great things going on in our schools, but we can always be better. And our role is to link research and practitioner success to help create those schools where, you know, we're not worried about how kids are using technology. We're confident Mm -hmm. in how they're using technology in their lives. Well, this has been an incredible learning uh, opportunity for me, and I'm so appreciative of you being here. I just want to thank you so much for joining us today and talking to us about how to help our kids become leaders and learners in the digital world, and frankly, how we can become leaders and learners in the digital world at the same time. I feel like your tips are for all of us. It's so vital that we don't drag our feet. We can keep up with the times. We take with us what's great and move forward with today's youth. I just love what you said about listening but being willing to act and facing our fears so that we can move forward. So thank you very much for being on How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Thank you very much, Robin. Well, I've got my takeaways, and sweet friends, I know you have yours. Let's discuss them. Come up on Facebook. Go to facebook.com slash Dr. Robin Silverman, or let's chat about it on drrobinsilverman.com or twitter.com slash Dr. Robin, and check out Eric Scheninger's Twitter. He is on there and active. Oh, and if you love this podcast like I did, would you kindly go up to iTunes, rate, review, and share it so others are going to learn about these outstanding solutions that Eric Scheninger has just talked about, and they can 
use them in their own homes, their own schools. They can bring them to their districts. I truly appreciate it. That's all the time we have for today. Thank you so much for joining us on How to Talk to Kids About Anything. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com. I look forward to weathering the storms and enjoying the sunny side of life together. And please remember, even when it feels like nothing is going right, we all have those days. You're here. You're getting the information you need. You've got this. And on the days we fall short, never forget there's always tomorrow. Parenting is the ultimate do-over. I get it. And if there's moments when you doubt your know-how, your sweet sanity, please know you are 10 times the parent and educator you think you are. Until next time, this is Dr. Robin Silverman with How to Talk to Kids About Anything. Please tune in again and keep connecting through conversation. See you next week. You've been listening to How to Talk to Kids About Anything with Dr. Robin Silverman. For more information on books, articles, speaking engagements, or curriculum, please visit drrobinsilverman.com.